You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. We sat down with sports dietitian Dina Griffin, aka the Nutrition Mechanic, to chat all things nutrition and hydration. So sit back and relax, or go out and hit the trails, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners. I'm excited to start up our Run Venture series again. This is season three. So for those of you who aren't familiar with us, Sasquatch Trail Running, we host trail parties is what we call our trail races around New Jersey and New York. We have about one race every month throughout the year. So it's a pretty big series that we've got going on. Uh, Our mission is to welcome all ages, paces, and peoples. Uh, They're all welcome at our events. So tonight, I'll be talking all things nutrition and hydration with sports dietitian Dina Griffin, aka the nutrition mechanic. Uh, But before we jump to the interview, I'm going to share a few updates on what's going on in the wonderful world of Sasquatch trail running. So Here is the rundown of what's going on for this summer. So our next trail party is just a few weeks away. It's perhaps the biggest party of the year. It's our midnight Squatchapalooza extravaganza. So we're going down to Burlington County that's in Columbus, New Jersey for this all night trail party that starts at midnight. So we've got 12 hours, six hour or three hours. So you can do as many loops as you want on the fast and flat two and a half mile course. Uh, so you can register for that on ultrasignup.com. That's the Midnight Squatchapalooza. And then we've got two events in July. So our first one is July 12th. We are excited to sponsor one of the 10, the 10 Ks as a part of the 10 Day of 10 Ks that is fundraising for the amazing charity called Men New Jersey. Uh, so on July 12th, we will have our 5K course marked at the South Mountain Reservation. So you can come out anytime. Uh, on that day, which is a Tuesday, I'll be leading a group uh, bright and early at 6.30 a.m. And what Men New Jersey, if you haven't heard of them, look them up. Great organization to support. They're a network of 21 food pantries that give out fresh and healthy food to uh, food insecure neighbors in Essex County. So we love supporting them every year through this event. And then July 9th is the fifth annual Fat Sass Switchback Challenge in Milburn, New Jersey. This is a Sasquad OG event. We started this off the first year we, uh, we launched the series in 2018. This is our little mountain race. You go up 300 feet in half a mile and then back down 300 feet in half a mile. So you can do that for six hours, three hours, or you can do three loops for a 5K. And again, we're giving back to a charity called Livingston Neighbors Helping Neighbors. And we host a food drive at this event. So we encourage everyone to bring a non-perishable item. And those uh, items go directly into the hands of families in the Livingston, Essex County area uh, who need a little extra help. So uh, then in August, we got two events at Stoke State Forest in Branchville, New Jersey. First one is August 6th, the Thunder Chicken Squatch. I always laugh when I say that. Uh, we honor our military and veteran runners by uh, offering 50% off at that race. This is a 17 mile and a seven mile loop. And we are supporting our charity partner, Operation Chill Out. And they get warm clothing to homeless veterans in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. And then the last trail party for the summer, August 27th. So if you've been uh, 
not living under a rock the last couple of days, you saw what our backyard squatch champion, Scott Snell, just accomplished. He just won the Capital Backyard Ultra. And uh, he got a ticket there after winning the Backyard Squatch in uh, August of last year. And then he went on to run over 250 miles at Capital. And he earned a spot on Team USA for Big's Backyard, which is really, really exciting. So congrats, Scott. We're going to be chatting with him on Monday for a live interview. Uh, so our Backyard Squatch is on August 27th. Uh, there's only 80 spots. So sign up for that before we sell out. Uh, so that's about it for the summer. That's our summer rundown. Uh, you can look at all of our events for the rest of the year on our website, which is sasquatchtrailrunning.com. And we also have a list of all the upcoming interviews are on our website. So, okay. The reason you're all here, Dina Griffin, I'm going to read a little bit of the bio that we shared on the Facebook event page, and then we will jump into our chat. So, as a sport dietitian, Dina works with athletes one-on-one, -on -one, including yours truly, Kim Levinsky, to fine-tune their daily nutrition framework and optimize their sport nutrition and hydration strategies. She specializes with working with female endurance athletes. Her company, Nutrition Mechanic, provides nutrition and hydration coaching for all people's ages and genders. And Dina is an accomplished ultra runner, triathlete, marathoner with finishes that include the Leadville 100, the Boston and New York City Marathon, uh, as well as an impressive crewing and pacing resume, which includes Badwater UTMB and soon to be the Tahoe 200 because she's coming out to Tahoe with me in two weeks. Uh, I also want to mention that she's the co-host of the new podcast called Inside Sports Nutrition with Bob Sebahar. I uh, really encourage you to check that out. I've been sharing a lot on social media about that, insidesportsnutrition.com. It's streaming everywhere. Podcasts are available. So uh, I met Dina last year. She started helping me with the first round of Tahoe 200. And um, the race got canceled in September, moved to June. So we're a couple of weeks away. But I didn't know much, I don't think, about sport nutrition and hydration before I did, before I met Dina. I thought I did. And then uh, I learned a whole lot over the last year and a half. So I am forever grateful for Dina. She's become a good friend. Uh, she's one of the coolest people that I know, and I'm honored to uh, be friends with her and that she's coming out to Tahoe. So Dina Griffin in the house, what's going on? Hey, Kim and everybody. Hi. Oh my gosh. What an intro. And geez, congrats to you, all of these events that you have on the Sasquatch Trail Running uh, a summer fall calendar, outrageous. And I'm so jealous. I'm not there. I know. We got to get you out but to the East Coast. I'm excited to be crewing for you here in just over what, how many, how many minutes and days? Oh my goodness, we have 14, 14 <laughs> days to departure. Dina. Where's that countdown clock? <laughs> <laughs> Just 14. Oh, it's happening. Yay. Well, thanks for having me on. And geez, I I just I just put the um, thing here on my phone. So if anyone types like a question, I can also try and pay attention. But uh, thanks for having me on to chat nutrition, the most exciting topic on a Wednesday evening. It really is. I don't think there could be anything better we could be talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
hopefully everyone's having a snack right now. Yes. Please share what your snack of choice is right at this moment. Hydrating, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dina, you're the best. I appreciate you coming back. You are a repeat offender for the Sasquad podcast. This is your second time we had you on. Um, I think it was like July, right? Last summer sometime. I think so. That's good stuff. So, okay. If you are watching, if you're tuning into Facebook, we've got the live chat going on the side. Uh, Robin Chase is already starting some chatter there. We got a shout out for dark chocolate. So yes, <laughs> winning, winning Choco love, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching, feel free to drop, uh, your comments in the chat. We love the banter back and forth. I can read comments to Dina. Uh, if she doesn't see them, if you got questions along the way, you can drop them in there. We've got Trisha with just finished a cauliflower crust pizza. Mm. Peanut butter pretzels. There's so much going on in this chat. <laughs> I mean, I, I have an apple right here. So that's on the agenda for later. Is that your real Exciting apple or is that an apple? It's <laughs> <laughs> a real apple. Okay, it's real. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I didn't plan that, by the way. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll filibuster here until you finish chewing and swallowing. Um, <laughs> but we're going to, we got, um, I posted in our Sasquatch group page, uh, asking for some questions. We got a lot of great questions picked out two of them that were asked a couple of times. So the two that we've got on, and we might only get to one, I don't know. Um, it's, we're gonna keep this about 45 minutes, but we're gonna chat about, the people wanna know about pre-race fueling. Um, but before we jump into that, Dina, do you wanna give us like the, the rundown of your endurance journey and into registered dietitian land you can keep it as long or as short as you want but I think it's fun to get a little background before we oh start. yes oh thank you for asking I mean the sh I'll try to be brief though because it's it really isn't anything outstanding but I'm one of the I like to call it you know the adult onset athlete or runner I didn't start any kind of sport formally until I was in my mid to late twenties when I moved from Indiana to Colorado. Um, partly, you know, just trying to become fit because I, I was not one at the time I wasn't in this field of work. I was a software consultant. I traveled a ton. Um, I didn't eat all that well. I didn't, you know, exercise regularly. And I was just seeing like, oh gosh, you know, this, if I keep on this trend, it's probably not going to bode well for long-term health. And so that combined with Colorado and seeing um, like the beauty of the outdoors here and the, the options for, for running, um, uh, like, oh yeah, you just put your shoes on, head out the door and you can cover a lot of ground. That was really appealing to me. And alongside that, uh, my dad had been dealing with his cancer um, for a few years prior. And I was just seeing the impact of nutrition and taking care of yourself from a, a physical aspect. Um, so that got me interested, like trying for my first marathon 
raising money for a charity that supported the the type of cancer that he had. So it was like all things combined um, that really sparked my love for the sport of running. And then from there, uh, I ended up quitting my job in software consulting and going into the field of nutrition um, just because I could see how powerful our food choices, um, like how powerful that is not only for sport, but also for health short and long-term um, so then like ultra running, trail running, all of that stuff, triathlon came in mostly, I mean, I was certainly interested being somewhat competitive, but it was also to see like, what is it you all feel at mile 50 or mile 20? I wanted to feel that so that I could speak to it, uh, at least in some capacity for if the fueling and the hydration angle and knowing some of the mental stuff too, that goes on. Um, feeling like I could do my job better if I participated in these sports. And then, oh, by the way, I really like it myself. <laughs> so that that's kind of the four minute version. It's fantastic. I love it. You walk the walk, Dina. I try to. I mean, the crewing is really important. So uh, yeah, we can talk about that if it, if it comes up. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, let's jump into the first question. We had a couple people ask it in the group on just suggestions for pre-race fueling. I don't know if you've got some insight on that. Yes, I think so. It'd be really easy for me to just say like, oh, eat these three, three foods and you're good. Like these are tried and true foods to eat. I mean, I think you can Google that and find, well, you probably will find 400 opinions on that. But I think the thing I would suggest first is really paying attention to what you're doing currently before your long runs. Um, so that could be the whole day before starting to keep your eyes on that. Um, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, the morning of your longer runs or your, you know, your shorter races that you're doing currently. And you can even just be nerdy and write that stuff down. So you have a record, you know, and then you can fine tune it. But I think because we're also different, we're also uh, sensitive to certain foods or we have race nerves, uh, all of these things combined, I don't think it's the best for me to just list, you know, one type of food or set of foods that would work. Um, however, I do want to give a few suggestions, but it's more like thinking for how to figure it out for your own self. If you're not working with a nutritionist or a dietitian, you can do a lot of this work on your own. So track what you eat the day before your key long runs or the races that you're doing leading up to your main race and make notes like, oh yeah, I kind of, you know, I had a big burrito that lunch and then I, I had cereal for dinner or whatever, like how that play out for you. Um, but some general guidance that I'll throw in would be uh, if you have, you know, more of a sensitive gut or sensitive stomach, thinking of the one to two days prior, uh, it takes two, you know, two to three days for food to completely be metabolized 
you know, leave the body via poop. Um, <laughs> so what you eat two days before a long race or a bigger event can still be bothering you or can like rear its ugly self <laughs> during, during the race. Um, so just keeping your eyes on, you know, maybe it's more mellow, uh, not so spicy. Maybe you want to do smaller meals. I'm not even talking about the kinds of foods, just stuff to keep in mind. Uh, if you feel like ah, I'm kind of sensitive stomach person. So eating smaller meals, keeping it, you know, simple, not too spicy, not too heavy. Maybe you would leave off the creamy, cheesy stuff, you know. Um, some of us do better if we, you know, cut some of the fiber foods. So if we're not doing three pounds of broccoli and it's one pound of broccoli, I'm trying to be funny with broccoli jokes on a Wednesday night. Um, but like your cruciferous vegetables can be a problem, like your Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, those kinds of foods can cause gas or bloating, some of these things. So sometimes we have to think in reverse, like what are the foods that are problematic, remove or reduce, replace with something more mellow? Um, it's not the case for everyone. And Kim, you can talk about your experiences with foods that work for you prior to some of the races you've done or your own big long days. Um, so foods like broccoli can work. It's a matter of you trying it. I will just say two more things here and then we can, you can let me know what's coming up. Um, Pre-race, I just wanna give props for like, it's not just the two hours prior, it's that whole day before. Definitely, we still wanna have carbohydrates from fruits, you know, vegetables of choice, grains, but I also am a big fan of including protein every time we eat, even before a race. Uh, so whatever your preferences are for protein, we, we just want to put those in, whether you're vegetarian, vegan, omnivore, it doesn't matter. Um, just thinking about going into your race, you know, topped off, not just from the carbohydrate standpoint, but on all levels. Um, so for underdoing protein, we can be exceptionally hungry or just you may, may feel like we're not actually feeling as sustained because we don't have that staying power food. Uh, so pre-race, I've seen everything from like a thin crust pizza with olive oil instead of the marinara and mushrooms, baked chicken on top to you know, like sweet potato with salmon or chicken or sweet potato or rice and maybe like green beans, you know, for like a pre-race dinner. Um, I'm not sure if this person wanted to know more like breakfast type foods or more the dinner the night before. Um, I'll pause here. What questions come up in this category? I think that um, folks were asking in the group, the like say the race is in the morning, 9 a.m. Yep. What should nutrition look like before 
get into that morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one thing that's helpful is think about how many hours you have between wake up and race start. So if you've got maybe, you know, if you're a last minute type and you wake up, you know, when you have to, and you have a 30 minute drive or something, let's say you have an hour, hour and a half, there's not a whole lot of room to digest. So that might be cause for something more um, liquid in nature. So that could be a homemade smoothie with banana protein powder uh, or yogurt or milk of choice. Maybe there's a little peanut butter and it's blended and you've got time to get that in and it meets the criteria of carbohydrate protein as being priorities. It'll empty from the stomach quickly, uh, should work as one of your options. If you have more time, let's say three to four hours, then we can think about two uh, mini meals or one heartier meal when you wake up, you know, that two, two and a half, three hours before. Um, something that might be like, it could be an overnight oats, right? With a whole bunch of stuff added to it, uh, like chia seeds, walnuts, berries, um, or we could do, uh, you know, your own breakfast wrap or breakfast burrito. Uh, and so you can put in, you know, your preferred ingredients there. Um, some people like to do homemade waffles or pancakes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of options here. So I just think the more time you have, then you can fit in more calories, right? Um, you just need to think about being like not too full, right? So that when you start, you're not bogged down. Um, and then that top off snack, like 45 minutes, an hour beforehand might be something light. Uh, the classic banana peanut butter or part of a nutrition bar, something along those lines. So that's the food piece. And another piece is to think about the hydration. Just straight up black coffee, right? Yeah. Black mounds of coffee. Endless. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, if, what about coffee for the, you know, the caffeine junkies out there? Yeah. I mean, coffee is definitely with its caffeine content can be troublesome and favorable at the same time. I mean, the <laughs> caffeine we know is an ergogenic aid. Uh, we all have different responses to caffeine. So there's a genetic component to how fast or slow you metabolize caffeine. I think one thing to be mindful of if you're a newer runner or participating in events, and even if you're hiking or walking, if you have some sort of anxiety or race nerves and you add a whole bunch of caffeine in the morning prior to the start, um, you know, that can heighten our sensation or our feelings of anxiety and maybe not bode so well. Uh, we can have some GI distress, extra porta potty visits, or visits in the behind the bush there in the woods. Um, 
some of us get real jittery, it can work opposite, you know, and we're like all over the map or start way too fast. But if you've, you know, you're a habitual caffeine coffee user, then, then it's maybe it's not something you want to stop, you know, and you, you just keep with your routine. You, you may just not want to add more that morning and consider having some caffeine if it's a longer race, you know, four or five hours or longer, we can put some caffeine later on to help with um, taking down some of that nervous system fatigue that we experience. That's awesome. We've got a, we've got a comment from Robin Chase saying coffee with cordyceps. What do you think about that? Yes, approved. Uh, yeah, the cordyceps being an adaptogen, um, it can have, I don't know if it's so much a complementary. I, I guess I will say that because there's a reason they, they pair these things together in some of the newer, you know, mushroom coffee blends. Uh, but cordyceps is one of the Chinese adaptogens, been around for thousands of years. Um, I don't know that you would experience benefit just taking it a single time. You know, it's kind of one of those, like, kind of like a vitamin, you, you'd want to take it more habitually to benefit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that is one of those coffee creations or blends that we can consider to, to support health and performance. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we move on to the next question, how much coffee do you think you're going to consume at the Tahoe 200? <laughs> Me or you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say it'd probably be a miracle if you drink coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that will be an interesting. I feel like you should track it. You and Robin. Is crew. Robin a coffee lover like me? Oh, yeah. I think okay. Grace is as well. The whole crew is really okay. caffeine. Yes. Well, our job is to keep you going. So it might be a linear increase, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I just want to add like for pre-race breakfast, there's not a single one, right? Uh, what is your favorite Kim before, before long run or a race? What have you done? Uh, I really like the smoothies because number one, they take like a minute to make and I'm I like efficiency. <laughs> it doesn't require a lot of brain power in the morning yeah. to make it. Um, and it just digests really well. Yes. So I, and, yeah, I like the smoothies a lot. That was a new thing. I think I started doing this year. And versatile, right? Even if you have, what is your favorite combo of ingredients? You know, I like the protein, the whey protein, uh, banana, peanut butter. Mix. Yeah or swap it out for berries it's very yes. simple I yeah i haven't been too brave in the smoothie department but but it's easy right especially if you don't have much time or interest or for those who don't feel like eating early morning right that's a lot less work i think to just drink some totally. calories instead of trying to chew a big old sandwich you know um but yeah, there, there are gobs of ideas here. I don't know if there have been some mention like, oh, my favorite. Yeah, we've got, we had a bunch of people chiming in on their, uh, their pre-race 
Let me see here. We got oatmeal or peanut butter toast, coffee in a bobo bar, uh, coffee plus peanut butter perfect bar or spring wolf pack oatmeal thing. Not oh sure. yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, is that the, um, the spring the energy gel? Spring energy, oh, yeah. yeah. It's a nice calorie. It falls into that easy to digest category because it's all mushed. You it's know, in the pouch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, and then Kelly Simpson said oatmeal or bagel and coffee. Shout out to Kelly representing Penny Pack Trail Runners. I think her group was tuning in here tonight. But nice. So a tip just for those who mentioned like the oatmeal people. Um, if you notice that like you're hungry an hour or less later, or you're just like, ah. I need something more. Just check your oatmeal and see if you can enhance it a little bit with like, you can mash some peanut butter in the oatmeal or throw in some nuts or a couple tablespoons of protein powder or egg white, some kind of protein in there. It just helps that carbohydrate from the oats last longer. So you're not tanking sooner or getting hungry as soon. Yeah, that's awesome. That kind of, we might only do this one question, but uh, we've got Lynn Mackey is asking, kind of spinning off of this, if you have a recommended ratio of macros for pre-run fueling. So I don't know if you want to speak to that on the ratio department. The ratio department. Yeah, I would say, so if I, I tend to think carb to protein ratios. Um. So I would say, well, there's, there's some conditions here. I would say like a two to one, three to one ratio, but I'd like the protein to be at least 10 grams of protein. So you can do the math. Um, like, okay, you know, 30 grams of carbohydrate to 10 grams of protein. However, that may not be enough calories for you. So that's where we can bump it up. 20 grams of protein, 50 grams, 60 grams of carb and add in some fat. So the, yeah, the ratios are a nice reference point, but then we have to apply it. Like, well, how many, how much oomph do you need from an energy density perspective? Yeah, I remember you and uh, Bobby talking about that on one of your podcast episodes. But like, oh yeah. The ratios are great, but you need to look at like, is there even enough calories in what you're, you know, the meal that you're putting together, which I think is a really good point. Totally. That's why I like if we have extra time before a race versus the last minute types. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that gets to the race super early and like, I just like having my time and not being rushed. So if you have three or four hours, that first meal might be more calorically dense, right? It could be five, six, 700 calories, depending on who you are and what you're about to do. And then that second feeding, so to speak, might be in the range of 100 to 300 calories. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. That was great. We've got mm, 11 minutes. Let's see if we can do that other question. But first, yeah, yeah. first two very important questions. One, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> and two, is cereal a soup? Oh no. <laughs> hot 
hot seat. We need to know. We need to know. So I tried after I saw that. (laughs) I'm not going to answer. I tried to find that article. I can't remember if it was from the Wall Street Journal or what smart publication had this really in-depth assessment of what makes a taco and a sandwich and all these different things like (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't find it in time for tonight to share uh I'm not sure what the answer is because I don't want to offend come on you got it it's it's you got to draw the line what's the consensus or what is the worry I don't know (laughs) yes there you have it okay (laughs) both questions I don't know they're they're goofy questions um okay let's see if we can chat a little bit about uh the other question that was asked a couple of times where people were looking for some ideas on uh some protein sources for the real long effort so these people were asking i think they've got like the ultra marathon in mind where they're out for a long time um a couple people mentioned like if i'm a vegan what can i add in for protein when i'm out on the trail uh, and they had said like, besides peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Right. Cause you, you can only do so many PB and J's, right? Totally. Yeah. I love this thinking too, cause that protein helps with just that feeling, um, you know, natural hunger that's going to come up our hours into an event or a race like that, you know, so putting in some protein to break up either hour after hour of sugar or just carbohydrate in general. So I like, I like whoever is thinking this. It's great. Um, yeah. So we could think about other, I mean, you could think about other nut or seed sources like sunflower seed butter. Um, we can think about, I don't know, should, Kim, should this be exclusively, uh, vegetarian or vegan proteins or any and all I think you probably do any and all and then you know somebody's a vegan they can say I'm not going to eat the bacon or something like that yes (laughs) there we go hot dogs and bacon (laughs) um yeah I mean they're there again, we can do other kinds of sandwiches. So if you're in the mood and you do eat animal proteins, something savory, uh, there was an ultra runner I worked with who loved doing, um, salami and cheese sandwiches, or I think it was in a wrap just because the salami kind of like bacon, it was very salty. Mm. And so that would help him drink fluids. Cause he got that salty protein taste. Um, if you're not into that kind of thing, but you still maybe like the idea of sandwiches, you know, you can change that to turkey, ham. If you do cheese, you know, that stuff stays okay for some time, maybe not for, you know, 12 hours on an 85 degree day or anything like that. Um, there are some other nutrition bars that have uh, pea protein or hemp protein or pumpkin seed protein. Uh, 
where it's not like chunks of it. It's, it's, you know, blended or in, so you don't, you know, you don't have to chew that stuff as much. So it's like a soft bar format. Um, so if you are more vegetarian or vegan and you like the idea of packaged bars, there are a number of good ones out there. Uh, the Bonk Breaker company has some plant versions. If you go to uh, thefeed.com and you look at their bars, they've got a ton of options there all in one place. Um, and you can look at some of the nutrition bars. Um, but yeah, I was curious, Kim, at your, at your races, some of the options that you offer for your runners and participants that have some protein because that's that's like a a real life example things that you have to offer totally yeah um well it's usually just for the longer races that will have more of the whole food <clears throat> foodie options so yeah uh we do the bacon you know it's yeah. always a favorite fan favorite uh quesadillas um what else we've done we've had like deli meat out before um like turkey uh we did that at the backyard ultra last year um at our midnight race we've done uh like eggs we've had like breakfast burrito type of thing with the eggs and bacon and then people can do whatever combo yeah. that they want uh we kind of we stay away from like the nuts we found you know a lot of That's people true. have the nut allergies so it's kind of tricky to put that out at a race, but we will do the PB and J on rice cakes. Um, but try to keep that, you know, separate in case people have allergies, but, um, we're always open to suggestions. We've gotten a lot of good ideas from runners. So if you have any more, you're welcome to hit me up with them. We'll see if we can make them happen. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a good point. I suppose if we're more like carrying our own stuff, you know, we can bring, uh, and you don't have a nut allergy or any worry, you know, you can be self-sufficient and bring your own bar of choice or your own sandwich of choice, which is really great. Um, I feel that there are so many options. It's almost like looking at what you eat on a daily basis and then translate that, like, can I run and eat this? food item <laughs> is yeah. this going to sound good at 2 p.m when it is 90 degrees out or it's pouring rain like what you all experience often out there uh, it seems like um so thinking about context or even the contrast like um is this gooey chocolate bar that's going to melt you know it happens to have a few grams of protein but it's going to totally melt am I going to want to eat that in the heat of the day. So I think that's the other aspect here. Um, as much as it sounds good to think about all these protein options is thinking about the reality, you know, of you eating this particular food item. Totally. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I know we've had, we've had that not with the protein, but sometimes you know, the weather will change and we've got hot soup out and all of a sudden it's, you know, 70 degrees. Nobody wants, who, who wants to eat, yeah. you know, hot soup. Um, but yeah. yeah, we do have, we do have some crazy weather at the Sasquatch races. So keeps things interesting. Yes. And uh, even the, 
you've you've experimented a little bit with the ready to drink shakes oh, yeah, that yeah. are in the cartons. Uh-huh. I mean, I know that's uh, maybe not as portable for everyone because it it adds some weight to the pack. But for those of us doing races that have drop bag options or you know it's shelf stable you know and you can keep keep some of that in drop bags some people will freeze it overnight so that hopefully it's still a little kind of cold when they get to it later in the day um depends right (laughs) on the weather conditions but that drinkable protein uh the orgain shakes or the the one you've been trying evolve yeah. Some of those kinds of shakes can be nice uh, as a drinkable. Awesome. There's a lot of good, a lot of good ideas. Uh, people are saying some stuff in the chat here. I like the salami idea. That's Jess. Jess was asking about the protein. So oh yeah. Got a lot of good ideas. Um, okay, before we wrap it up, what advice would you give to a newbie trail runner? Because we always have a lot of newbies that join us at Sasquad. So what advice would you have to them? It could be about nutrition, hydration, or just life in general. What would you say? What would you say? (laughs) What do you got? Give us, give us some wisdom here. I didn't think about the general, like life, life advice. (laughs) Oh, the life advice would be have fun and don't forget to laugh. Mm. And then the, the nutrition hydration piece, I would say, don't, Ooh, I hate starting with a don't, mm-hmm. but you gotta rephrase that. Please give attention to your hydration because it is often neglected and it can be a game changer to stay on top of hydration. And that is all. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we cut out, tell well, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a plug here. Real life. Uh, if you're thinking about getting some help with nutrition, hydration, this lady right here and her team, seriously, top notch. I'm going to tell you from experience, you can only Google so much, really. And you can only ask so many questions in the trail and ultra Facebook group. Encourage you invest in yourself if you can and get, uh, reach out to Dina and her team, nutrition mechanic. You're going to learn a lot. And uh, definitely it'll make running more enjoyable. I can say that from experience. Wow. Thank you, Kim. I appreciate that. Not, not a paid ad right there. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate what you said because yeah, spending hours on Google or in the Facebook forums and then you get 300 different answers. Like which one? I don't, it's overwhelming. So finding somebody who can, support you and whatever you're trying to accomplish it definitely can take take your game up another few notches totally well tell everybody how they can find you like website social media how can they get in touch yeah uh nutritionmechanic.com is the website uh nutrition mechanic is my instagram locale <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you can find me at one of those spots. Awesome. Cool. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, Dina. This is fantastic. Thank you. I wish everyone a fantastic summer ahead. 
and happy training and racing and, and life fun. All the things. All the things. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And if you're catching the replay on our podcast, we appreciate you listening. You can learn more about us. Go to sasquadtrailrunning.com and come out for a trail party. It's a good time. We like to have fun. So, all right. Till we see you again, keep it squatchy.